25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the line. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Good day. Right about now, it's a few seconds afternoon. Good afternoon. What's up? Welcome into the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the fantastic state of Mississippi. Roger, welcome to you, sir. How's your day going? Well, so far, so good. It's been a full day of radio. Had the do Bo's show this morning and an outdoor show about an hour ago, and now I'm here to the uh, highlight of the day. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. Picking up your sarcasm. We'll no, leave it right I mean, there. Just, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what the highlight of my day is? Literally light. There is sunshine coming through the window here at the Farm Bureau studio. Actual, but, real shine of sun. Well, I'm waiting on a dub to bring me an olive leaf. On the wings of a snow-white dove. Remember that song? Yeah, yeah. The flood is over, finally. (laughs) Hallelujah. Welcome into the show, everybody. Glad you're with me here on a hump day. I'm going to have a good time with you today. How about this? Later in this hour, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to have a football conversation. We're going to eat a football meat sandwich for lunch right around lunchtime with Mississippi State University receivers coach Steve Spurrier Jr. That's coming up later. He's not even on yet. I'm already giving him applause. Steve Spurrier Jr. is scheduled to be on the show here coming up in just a bit. And what's going to be fun about that? We're not going to get into all the just the mushy, hey, welcome, and your dad, and all that. We're going to actually go uh, football, X's and O's, and talk a little bit about the Mike Leach offense, learn a little bit about what receivers need to learn to be good in that offense. And so I can't wait. So, again, if everything goes according to plan, we'll have about 10 minutes or so with Steve Spurrier Jr. coming up later in the hour. But as always, I want to start you off with how you can be a part of the show. Lots of ways for you to do that. You know what they are, but I'm just going to remind you. And if you're watching the stream on Facebook or on Twitter, hey to y'all. Hey, hope you're doing well. Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Those of you watching the stream there, hi to you. You can see the numbers on the screen, so feel free to give me a text on the country pleasing text line at 601-885-ESPN. 601-885-ESPN. That's the country pleasing text line. Country pleasing sausage. Made right here in Mississippi. Handmade every day. It is the best Sausage, you can put on your plate, period, end of story. The end, it's the best. And it's made right here in Mississippi. A great Mississippi company. You find it on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. Country Pleasing text line, 601-885-ESPN. I'm wearing a new Country Pleasing hat. Look at that lime green mesh in the back. Isn't that great? 
Isn't that look at that lime green? Look at that. And a gray front and bill and that big red hog emblem right on the front. You can't mistake it for anything else. And on the back it says country pleasing. I'm glow in the dark today, baby. You can go you can go turkey hunting with that hat. That's right. And I can wear this in the spring. And since the back of this hat's the color of pollen, it'll match everything else in the world uh-huh. around here in Mississippi. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Got it wide open to you. And I've got a question for you coming up about Thursday night college football games and how you feel about it. I'll tell you why I'm asking. Here is uh, the number to the Divinity Equipment phone. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. 995-1059. That's a 601 number. Divinity Equipment. Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. And a reminder, they've got the spring stock out, so if you go by Divinity, they've got some deals. Now, obviously, Kubota, new mowers, the, the new 2020 stock, brand new stuff. But last I checked, they still had some 2019 Toro mowers left over that are brand spanking new. And because it's a 2019, huge discounts, up to $1,000 off of each of those. You can get 0% for 48 months. And the Mow Now pay later plan get the mower drive it off the lot go home start mowing and in five months five months you will make your first payment how cool is that so lots of ways for you to be a part of the show here mike uh, leach is in town here in jackson yeah so he tweeted that he was coming to jackson for something I, i didn't know what it was but he tweeted out recruiting maybe i'm sure that's probably something like that but he tweeted out thoughts and Prayers for the folks who were enduring the flooding uh, and that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> real quick, on the country-pleasing text, something was sent to the show that comes on before this one on uh, The Zone in Jackson, Central Mississippi, WRKS 105.9 ESPN Radio. It was sent to the Chris Brooks show, to the gridiron, he and Beaver, from Joe on the country-pleasing text. And he said, country-pleasing store... He's talking about the butcher shop down there on Highway 49 in Florence. He said, it's not just sausage. They have lots of delicious stuff, Matt. Signed, Joe, with a picture of the five cheese bacon mac roll-up. It's that stuffed pork chop uh, or pork loin with macaroni and cheese in the middle, wrapped in bacon. But he sent it. nice thick-cut bacon. Here's the problem, though. He sent it to me during their show, and Beaver got offended. He was mad (laughs) That Joe was already sending me stuff during their show on the text line. And Ben's it, easily offended. And he called my show stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it it and and I will say this about it. I don't mind anybody saying anything about me whatsoever, as long as it's funny and or entertaining. And what Beaver did there was funny and or entertaining. Yeah. In fact, it was the most funny and or entertaining moment in their entire show today. <laughs> and I'm compliment. Boom. And I'm glad that I could be a part of it. <laughs> had, to, had to use something uh, of your show to make theirs interesting. <laughs> I'm just, well, we've done the same thing to them. Yeah, that's right. I, that's exactly right. I've done but that does thing. look pretty good with that uh, yeah. thick bacon wrapped around that pork tenderloin. Does that not look great? With the promise that inside... Ooh. There's five cheese. Mac- oh, yeah. Make your tongue slap your hat off, Roger. And it's a little paprika on the outside. <laughs> um, okay, and, and Gator Nation on the Country Pleasing Tech said, why is he, meaning Steve Spurrier Jr., coaching at Mississippi State? He should be a Gator. Tell you why, Gator Nation. 
because he's hooked up with Mike Leach, and they throw the football. And that's one thing I hope to find out is kind of how they got connected somewhere you know, down the line. And then uh, from, let's say, from Casper, who says, Hey, Matt, can you tell me what game that pass of Matthew Butler was from? That's in your intro. Thanks. That was from Mississippi State versus Auburn in 1999. Long time ago. All right. Back in the 90s, Mississippi State started playing some Thursday night football games. I don't know what the first one was. I just don't know. But I know it goes way back, like, you know, maybe early, mid-90s. One way I know that is I was on the football team at Mississippi State. I was a true freshman being redshirted. I was serving a redshirt year, even though I was traveling and getting to dress out for the games. I wasn't going to play. I guess it was just emergency of all emergencies. But that was in 1995. And I remember then, that year, you go back and look, in 95, we had a game scheduled on a Thursday night to go play Auburn in Auburn on a Thursday night in 95. But they had severe weather and like a hurricane came up the coast and did all kinds of damage and rain enough that they actually moved that Thursday game to a Saturday game. The reason I remember it is because there was, you know, the scheduling had always been a Thursday game. So at that time, back in 95, I told my girlfriend back home in Prattville, Alabama, sure, I'll come to the cotillion dance with you on Saturday night. I can get back for the weekend because we don't have a game that weekend. We have a game on Thursday. And then the week of the game, they changed the schedule. And my girlfriend back home is wondering if she has a date. So we played Auburn on the Saturday instead of the Thursday. The game was at like noon. Uh, We traveled back to Starkville after losing the game to Pat Nix and Stephen Davis and those guys. As soon as we pulled back up in a parking lot, I got in my car and drove right back to Prattville, Alabama. (laughs) I did it. So I know from personal experience that Thursday night games go way back. Matt, why are you... Once again, you completed the pass. Uh, Yes. In one way or the other. (laughs) Um, And look, so why am I bringing up Thursday night college football games? Here's why. I got an email from Bobby, who listens to the show. And I think Bobby listened to uh, the podcast of the show um, on the podcast website at Fireside, and therefore he linked up to my email and sent me an email. This is after yesterday's show, and it said... There's a rumor going around that Mississippi State's opening game against uh, New Mexico or New Mexico State or whoever it was is going to be played on a Thursday night. In other words, there's a rumor that State's going to open the season on a Thursday night for Mike Leach and in that slot instead of playing it on an opening Saturday. So upon reading that email from Bobby, and Bobby thanks, I just started thinking. I've been thinking about it last night, thought about it some more this morning. And I thought about it here. I thought I'd bring it up to you. What's your reaction to that idea? Now, again, we're talking about a rumor. It's not like I went and had a conversation with someone. I'm just being honest with you. I didn't go have a conversation with somebody and they just said, hey, did you hear? Or it it wasn't like somebody told me, hey, this is going to happen. It's just a listener who says, I'm hearing this. And... I wonder what your reaction to it is. And I'm afraid if I go too deep into my reaction to it, it may sway you one way or the other. That's not what I'm trying to do. So y'all shoot me your honest opinion on it. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059, or 
text me on the country pleasing text at 885 ESPN. So initially I'm, I'm going, okay, you know, Thursday nights, we were talking about the egg bowl last year and how Thursday night in terms of exposure during the season doesn't maybe equal the same number of eyeballs that it used to because the NFL does Thursday night games now. If you listen to this show, I'm sure you can probably, you're nodding your head right now if you were listening the week of the Egg Bowl, you remember that conversation. And it makes sense, right? You get to that point in the season, you know, the NFL's putting games on Thursday night. They're drawing huge numbers. So the Thursday night college games are now kind of like Saturday games. They're drawing the dedicated college audience. You don't get this big, huge residual on that you did maybe 20 years ago. However, I go, well, if it's the first week of the season, which is the first weekend in September, there are no NFL regular season games then. And by that point in the NFL preseason, people are just not even watching it. They're ready to watch the opener of college football. So I go, well, from an exposure standpoint, it's actually different on Thursday night in the first week of the season than it is in the last week of the season. You're not up against a Thursday night NFL. So that's pretty cool. Secondly, States has a coach that as long as he's upright and ready to go on that Thursday night, Mike Leach kind of himself is coaching his first game at a new school is going to draw a big audience. When he was hired, people talked about that. What if you take him and then put him all by himself on a Thursday night, opening up at home? Well, I mean, that magnifies it. I think it actually makes a lot of sense in that regard, too. Here's another thing. I'm thinking about it going, okay, first weekend in September, most of the time, if you get that 11 o'clock, you know, 2.30 or 3.30 slot in the early part of the, uh, of the season, in early September, it's brutally hot. That's what we deal with most of the time. So, especially in the early part of the year, for me, now I'm not making a decision on it. Nobody really cares what I think, I'm sure. But for me, Bobby, I go, that part of the year, man, night game is kind of greater than anything. I just think, even if it's not on a Saturday, just get the night game however you can for the benefit of the fan base. No, it's, we can handle it. I'm in the press box. I got AC and a roof over my head. You know, the college kids, they can handle it. You know, they like the suntan. They don't mind. But I'm just thinking about the the 75-year-old or the 7-year-old. Put them in the stands for kickoff at 7 p.m. that time of year versus 11 a.m. It's just that part of it is a no-brainer as well. So, I just looked at it and I started going, you know, if this is real, now it could just be a rumor, it could just be strictly out of thin air, I don't know, but if it's real, from a football and a fan standpoint, to me, it's almost a no-brainer to, yeah, you'd have the Thursday night game as as opposed to, you know, a day game on the Saturday. Now, you might get night on Saturday, but you don't know. I'd have to look at the other ones. Now, you do have other stuff that 
plays into it. You know, you're not talking about a protein. This is a college campus. Therefore, on what's a school day and then the next day is a school day, and the Friday is all the day after is a school day. You know, you're talking about parking all over campus. Um, the day of the game, people trying to get to class. The day after the game, people trying to get to class. And, you know, there's people all over your campus. It's different. So there's some things that, you know, they've, they, if they, if it's a legit, I mean, you got to consider those. Those may be drawbacks uh, in the decision making. I don't know. I just looked at it from a football perspective. You'd go, a night game is greater than if you can get a guaranteed night game, you get the guaranteed night game that time of year for the benefit of your fan base. People go, well, you've got a new coach, you have this big crowd, but if you put it on Thursday, it's going to take, it's going to eliminate some of your crowd. It won't. Not in my opinion. I don't, I just don't think it would. I think, you know, the fact that the following Monday of the opening college football weekend this coming year, the following Monday is a holiday is even a greater benefit for your fan base because then they have their game and a night game in cooler temperatures on Thursday. And then they can have a Saturday, Sunday, Monday long weekend going and doing stuff, watching other teams or staying at home or going on a trip. So, again, Bobby, I appreciate the email. I had not heard the rumor until you uh, emailed me last night and just start thinking about it. If it's a, If that's real. That's a real possibility. Kind of sounds like a good idea to me. All right, we'll get into some of the reaction and some other things. Now with you, start off on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Chicken Hawk, hanging on to be a part of the show. What's up, Mr. Hawk? Boy, my brother, I usually... Thank you, I'm a little bit late there, but that's all right. <laughs> oh, I know Beaver got you upset, so I kind of forgive him. But look at him. Oh, I have to respectfully disagree with you there, Mr. Bob Tail. Because first off, uh, it would cost me more money. We already, uh, uh, you know, have to pay for the Bulldog Club, and we have, you know, season tickets and all that kind of good stuff. And I would have to burn a vacation day because it's on Thursday. You know, we live, you know, down here where we live at in the suburbs of Forest. And hold on a minute. You children, you know, I don't want <laughs> yeah. children listening. You know, these children that, children that go to the school up north, they may not listen. But just in case they just children listen, Forrest is spelled F-O-R-E-S-T. And I live in the suburb, me and Lou Bell of Forrest, called Homewood. And it's two hours up under the Hell State. So, uh, but now last year, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, was that not a world record for a, a 11 o'clock games that we played? It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was a bunch of them, no doubt. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you know, I don't like the 11. You know, we make this movie to 2 or 3, and I know it's all about hey, money. Hey, and Chicken Hawk, to- listen, you know why you get 11 a.m. time slots? And it, trust me, it's not so much your team's record as it is, will people watch you? Do they find you interesting enough to flip on their television? You can be a team that's – batting 500 in the first half of the year, and they'll still put you on at night if you've got a great quarterback or if you've got an interesting coach or something compelling about your team. And last year's schedule told you that people 
outside of the program, we're talking the TV people, the ESPN people, the SEC network people did not find anything compelling about State's program. Therefore, they stuck them at 11 a.m. because they didn't, you know, they found other teams more compelling and put them in better time slots. It's just the way it is. Well, if they'd have had a camera on this fat boy, they'd have found it compelling and interesting because they'd have seen the show like they. Yeah, we just what we would have seen, Chicken Hawk, is we would have seen you uh, sweating your buttocks off every Saturday, as opposed to on a Thursday night, you can sit up there in some cool temperatures. Yes, but yeah, on a Saturday night, yeah. All right, hey, look, dude, brother. Uh, of course, I know it's about money, like you said, just that. But the two thirty, I know you got two thirty on. You got to compete with CBS and all that. But all I can say is now, the Egg Bowl. I'm kind of glad the Egg Bowl went back to Thursday because you don't have the problem you were just talking about that mm-hmm. would be on a Thursday during while school's going on. I see what you, you know, mean. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, all the students is going to be gone, the majority of them, and so mm-hmm. everybody can come on campus. And that Thursday night game with Egg Bowl can be operated like a Saturday night game. Yeah, right. That's a good point. But uh, That's this, a good it, point. it's going to hurt my doggone uh, tailgating before the game in my pocketbook because I ain't fixing to burn for no New Mexico State or no, nobody like that. I ain't fixing to burn no doggone vacation day. As much as I love state. Hell State and everything else. <laughs> I, ain't finna do, I ain't finna do it. Hey, I appreciate the call, Mr. Hawk. Hey. 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 Hell State. See you. Chicken Hawk out. He's the first one in on the Divinity Equipment phone today. Who will be next? I'll get to some more of your reaction on uh, Facebook, on the country pleasing text. Look at that hog on my hat. That's my best hog impression right there. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau coming up. In the Farm Bureau studio, we've got um, Steve Spurrier, Jr., wide receivers coach, Mississippi State, scheduled to come on. They're busy, so we're going to see if we can get them on. But I want to have you on, too. Call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. Text me on the country, please, and text 885-ESPN. Hey to y'all on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Lynn was saying that the Thursday night game probably be good for the university. He said it would not be good for me. <laughs> How about this? Blake on Facebook says, Hey, I love the show. It helps pass the time over here in the Middle East. What do you think about these uh, young guys at Ole Miss and that big big weekend at Starkville this weekend? Yep. Uh, you know, young players, new faces at Ole Miss that really showed out in baseball. Um, you know, that same is really true for State. And – you know, Ole Miss had the big non-conference kind of make national waves series this past weekend hosting Louisville, and this weekend kind of all eyes on Starkville State hosting Oregon State. Blue blood baseball programs. Say that five times fast. And, Blake, I really do appreciate you watching and listening. John on Facebook said, ready for that sausage. What do you think about my hat, John? You like my new country-pleasing hat, the gray front and the lime green mesh on the back? 
you know you like it. Like I was saying earlier, I can wear this in the summer and the lime green will match the or in the spring and it'll match the pollen everywhere. Somebody said on Facebook, Matt, is this show recorded because there ain't no sun in sight? Colonel Mustard, I think he is a Southern Miss fan. I don't know where you are, Colonel, but it's sunshining in Tupelo, Mississippi. I mean, it is coming down. The sunshine, that is, and hallelujah for it. I don't care what the temperature is. I'm just glad I'm glad to have to squint. See some blue sky for a change. All right, country pleasing text line. Denzel laid it out like this. First game of the Leech era on a Thursday night? Sign me up. Primetime, ESPN, Air Raid. Yes, please. He's all for it. That's kind of how I feel about it. J-Rock says people have to go to work and kids have to get up and go to school the next day on Friday. That's why I don't like Thursday games as far as attending them in person. Louvier said, we all care what you think, Matt. And night games are better. That's why they do high school football on Friday nights. You know, Louvier, in the last few years, too, I have watched these big Saturday high school football games you know, a few years ago, you had like South Panola playing at Hoover, and it was nationally televised on ESPN Saturday at 2 o'clock. But the problem is like the last weekend in August. And the poor kids, man, are just roasting. Their coaches and the fans, they are melting in that midday, late August sun, kicking it off at 1 o'clock on like field turf over there. I just felt bad for them. Yeah, they ought to play, on, play at night. Put the game at night. Somehow, some way, play the game at night. That's what I think. You know, for the benefit of the people who are there. Jason says, I remember those Thursday night games in the 90s. They were never empty-ish. That's right. I mean, you always had big crowds for those back then. And it was, you know, when they started that in the 90s, it was kind of a new thing. And then, if you'll remember, late 90s, early 2000s for about a decade, from about 99 to about 2009, Every Thursday night season opener was South Carolina versus somebody. (laughs) Why? Lou Holtz, Steve Spurrier. Look it up. Don't want those eyeballs, man. No doubt. Nick says, Thursday games made sense in the 90s when the only other time you could see a state game was against Bama on Jefferson Pilot Sports. (laughs) That's the way it felt back then, right? <laughs> it's it, it's I'm, Nick, isn't it hard to look back and remember a time when every game was not on television? Because they all are now. Bulldog Barney on the Country Pleasing Text says, LOL, he's a great coach, but he ain't right. And he, he references a tweet from Coach Leach 11 hours ago. Oh, yes. Did you see it? Yes. And the tweet was, FYI, you pee on jellyfish stings, not a jelly stain. Again, my apologies to the lady at the Waffle House this morning. (laughs) That just makes the mind wonder who had the stain. (laughs) Casper on the country-pleasing text says, great idea, national exposure. You know, that's, that's it. You know, I mean, there's ex- there's an exposure angle. I kind of feel like early on, too, regardless of how it goes, 
you're not going to be short on exposure in this state with Mike Leach at one school and Lane Kiffin at the other. I mean, call me crazy, but they're going to be knocking on your door as opposed to the other way around. And, you know, again, appreciate Bobby emailing that in, that idea. If it's a legit thing, the more I thought about it, it just seemed to me that if you were strictly looking at it from a football standpoint, it's hard to find the negatives. Some people might say, well, you're going to cut down on a little bit of attendance. We've had examples of that, right? Somebody says, I'm not taking a day off of work to go see New Mexico State. I'm not, you know, it's hard for kids because they have to go to school the next day. And I get all that. But if they put the game at 11 a.m. on Saturday, you're going to have just as many folks stay home from that because it's 11 a.m. on Saturday. So there's a little bit of a darned if you do, darned if you don't sort of thing going on. Because for every person that says they will, they, they can't make it to a Thursday night game, you have another person who says, I can't make it to an 11 a.m. Saturday game. And that's just the, the truth of it. It does cut in on your tailgating a little bit there at 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah, it definitely does cut down on that. You just take half a day and go but, on Thursday night. It is a different scenario, and I'm not privy to everything that goes into it, but, you know, like the schools, it's not just an athletics department decision. I mean, because you got to work with the entire university if you're going to do a Thursday night game in the middle of school. You know what I mean? I would think that everybody on campus kind of has to be on board with it in, in one shape, form, or fashion, or at least from a majority standpoint. So there's probably a lot that goes into that. Uh, another text here in the country, please, in Texas. I like it. I won't miss the opening day of Dove season. See, that's what I was talking about. You know, if you do do the Thursday night thing, it opens up a whole new world of possibilities for that weekend from Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because that following Monday is a holiday. Um, so, you know, there's something to it. Jonathan says, he says, you know who ain't a fan of Thursday night games? Business owners in Starkville. Hmm. Jonathan on the country police and text. Well, I mean, 60,000 people in town are 60,000 people in town. What? I mean, here's a question for you. Like, flat out. Now, it's hypothetical, but... For state, for instance, they're opening with New Mexico, whoever. So if we were to say, if I were to say, we we don't know this to be true, but let's just say, for instance, it's Thursday night game versus Saturday morning game, 11 a.m. Which one of those is going to draw the best attendance? Well, the, the night game is hands down. It just is. So, we'll see. And all that based on a rumor, we might have just wasted our time. I don't know. Let's see. Time will tell. Also, time will tell. Coming up next, if everything goes according to plan, we get a chance to talk with Steve Spurrier, Jr., new wide receivers coach at Mississippi State, right here in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me.
The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. Hometown heroes in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. That is Farm Bureau Insurance. Right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Steve Spurrier Jr. He's a wide receivers coach, one of them, at uh, Mississippi State on the new staff under Mike Leach. He's on your radio right now. Coach, hey to you. And listen, I really do appreciate some time and what I know is a busy time for you. Good to talk to you. How are things going? Oh, good to be here, Matt. Thanks so much. Yeah, we're, we're fired up and kind of getting through recruiting was good and now kind of on to the evaluation of our own team a little bit, getting ready for winter conditioning and, and spring ball and, and looking forward to getting started with these guys. Yeah, it won't be long. And I was, you know, if you don't mind, I thought we might just kind of delve into what it's like coaching receivers and learn a little bit from you. And maybe we could start with, if you'll um, entertain this question, What? how, how did you get <laughs> – connected early on to Mike Leach. How far does that go back? Well, I coached with Mike Leach at Oklahoma in 1999. Okay. He was the offensive coordinator there, and Bob Stoops was the head coach. He was the defense coordinator at Florida, and I was a graduate assistant coach down there. So I came to Oklahoma with Coach Stoops, and he hired Mike Leach as the offensive coordinator for one year, and then he left to go to Texas Tech. But uh, that's my tie to him, and I've kind of kept up with him ever since. Yeah, very cool. So um, that receiver position in that offense, Coach, um, can we start with what do you make of the guys that you've seen? When you've come in, and I know you said you're just kind of starting the evaluation process, yep. but you like what you see, what's on campus? Yeah, we got a bunch of big bodies. Uh, we got a bunch of good, talented young men. Uh, Malik Heath is a receiver I mm-hmm. recruited and, and offered at Washington State. Um, so he's a guy I'm looking forward to, to to working with and and seeing what he can do in this offense. But but we got a bunch of good players, a bunch of good bodies. They're they're all excited about getting started uh, uh, in this air raid system, and and we're kind of fired up to see where we are when spring starts. How do you decide when a guy is going to be outside receiver versus inside coach? How do you distinguish which position they're going to play? It gets a little tricky. Um, sometimes your bigger guys are on the outside, but you know. Sometimes that wide position will hold some tight ends, and we'll, we'll keep those tight end bodies in there. And, we, and we've got some talented guys at that spot. Uh, and then, honestly, you, you kind of you work your way a couple around a couple different scenarios, and, and you try to make sure your best players get on the field. Yeah. So we'll we'll have a little movement between now and then, and and figure out what spots are best for certain people. Uh, but we feel pretty good with about seven or eight guys we got right now, and uh, we're looking forward to kind of running them around and firing the balls at them and see who can catch them. Steve Spurrier Jr. on your radio right now, wide receivers coach, Mississippi State. You mentioned those tight end bodies, and you know some of those are guys that, as a fan base, we've been paying attention to. Spivey, you know, big old guy. Yep. Of course, Cumbus playing baseball right yep. now, but Dante Jones. Yep. Um, yeah, are they automatic? Are they automatically inside receivers, or are they going to move around? Well, Dante, yeah, Dante Jones is going to start with me on okay. the outside. Okay, uh, Spivey's going to stay on the inside right now. Um, another thing, when I got to Oklahoma, when we got there in 1999, we had three really good tight ends on that team, and all three of them played, and all three of them played well. So uh, 
Um, no, Coach Leach knows who our personnel will be and whoever our best guys on our team are going to play, uh, regardless of what their body position looks like. Now, now he would like to have a, a four receivers on the field as much as he can, uh, but the guys that, that show the ability to, to run around and get open and catch the ball, uh, those guys are going to play. And some of those are in a, in a bigger tight end body. So uh, we'll find th- th- their role on our team, and, and we look forward to seeing what they can do. So when you coach those outside guys – um, what emphasis is put on blocking? Like, how much of practice are you uh, devoting to that lot. kind of stuff? <laughs> not, not a lot. Uh, now, actually, Coach Nickel, those inside receivers, they find themselves in the fight a little bit more than I do. They're in the fray. They have to, they have to swing their hat at a linebacker a little more often than I do. Um, we, we certainly have some positions where, uh, where we have to identify a guy and go in there and block him. Uh, but what we do is as a core and what we do in practice, uh, we'll devote, you know, five, 10 minutes a week to blocking and 20 hours to, to running routes and catching balls. Uh, so the percentage there is going to be a lot more on running routes, getting open, uh, and catching balls and getting upfield. We'll spend a lot of time doing that in everything we do all day long. But, uh, but we got running backs and O line and, and we're going to run it a little bit and, and we'll make sure that, uh, that there's an emphasis placed on, on who we hit and how hard we hit them. Uh, but for us to be a great offense, we're going to run and get open and catch the ball. Steve Spurrier, Jr., on your uh, radio right now. So you mentioned this time of year, spring ball still you know, a month or so out, whatever it is, maybe a month or so away from beginning that. So in this next month, are they – I mean, I guess they're still on their own in terms of throwing and catching with the quarterbacks? They are. Uh, now our strength coach gets them every day, and they run and lift. Um, they can come in and, and we actually set up where they can watch tape. Okay. So we'll make cut-ups of different practice, different formations. We'll give them as much information as we can. Uh, the quarterbacks will come in and watch a lot of tape, and hopefully the quarterbacks can take a bunch of stuff with them when they go out and throw and catch around. But they're watching a lot of tape, and, um, you know, it, what we do is pretty simple, and, it, it, you know, they, you learn by doing, learn by repetition. Uh, but we'll give those guys as much information as we can between now and then, and, uh, as we start winter conditioning next week, you know we'll be able to to talk to them a little bit about just basic formations and information as we can cross paths with them. Uh, but yeah, they're spending a lot of time kind of on their own with the QBs doing pass deal about two or three times a week right now. So so they're in that drill. You know something that that caught my eye on Twitter also, Coach. This is a couple of weeks back. It was a video clip of one of the receivers catching. It looked like tennis balls that were being shot out of a cannon from just a few yards away what well, is is that something exact that they're actually going through right now to, i guess to improve absolutely hand-out? every every single time they're in the weight room we have four tennis ball machines uh and that's been a coach elite staple uh shoot as long as he's been coaching and um yeah we give them different drills on, on how they do that and how we want to do that but yeah they need to catch a hundred balls uh every time they're in the weight room uh through a tennis ball machine and it's just a, it's a different thing than catching footballs. You know, football, you can kind of receive a football sometimes, but a tennis ball, you got to grab it and you got to keep your eyes on it and you got to kind of wrap your hands around it. Uh, and it requires a little bit different focus, a little different concentration than just catching a football. So yeah, they'll do that every day. And we'll actually, uh, before practice every single day that we practice in the spring and the fall, we'll have those same tennis ball machines on the field. How about that? Be interesting to see that. Um, you know, yeah. as you watch these guys too, you've you've been through the process at as you said, you know, multiple schools of seeing these guys improve and become better receivers. 
Um, what's your expectation in year one for your group? It's pretty high. Uh, everywhere this offense has been, it, it's done well. And, and some of the things we do in practice uh, certainly give these guys an opportunity uh, to really improve on route running and, and catching the ball. And we're going to do it over and over and over. And, uh, no, we're, we certainly – this isn't a, an offense that requires three years to get our players in and learn where we are and learn what we need to do. We, we expect to get on the field and, and throw completions and get open and make plays. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how we do in the spring and, and, and who our group of receivers are. Uh, but the guys that go out there, uh, we're going to expect them to, to catch a ball and make plays and score a touchdown. You have to have noticed – um, kind of this palpable, visible excitement with the pass catchers. I mean, the hire just immediately signals to a tight end or to a receiver, man, I'm fixing to get the football. And and how would you describe for us kind of what a receiver, what those tight ends, what their energy level has been like since you all got onto campus? Yeah, obviously. Uh, anytime you, you show up and say, we're going to start throwing it all over the place, yeah. even the running backs. Uh, you know, the running backs in, in Coach Leach's offense have, have led the team in receiving a lot of years. So they know that they're going to touch the ball a lot in space. But, yeah, everybody knows the ball is going to be in the air. Um, that There is a – you can see an excitement and a, and a certain gleam in everyone's eyes that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to do something I haven't done a lot. I'm getting ready to learn something I haven't learned a lot. Uh, I'm getting ready to run and practice all day long. Uh, but the opportunity, uh, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about what the recent history around here for receivers and numbers and yards are. And, and we've got a chance to, to do something that hasn't been done here in a while. Yeah. And, and receivers certainly know that their opportunity to make a lot of plays and catch a lot of balls, and gain a lot of yards and score a lot of touchdowns uh, is going to be out there for them. Um, and then also with that becomes the, the standard of, of what's expected of, of receivers that play in this offense. And it's run a lot and catch a lot. Uh, and, and I tell you, the first ball they drop, there's going to be three people yelling at them. So that's uh, that's part of what we do and how we do it, and uh, we are everybody in this offense, everyone on the team is looking forward to getting started this spring. Well, I really do appreciate some time here, Coach. Uh, in the middle of the day, I know it's again a busy time for you. Hopefully, though, not too busy that you hadn't been to a baseball game yet. Uh, I hope you've gotten to attend one. You know what? I well. haven't been. Well, there's only been a. So I was supposed to go yesterday, and we got rained out. Right. Uh, I'm going this weekend. We'll play Oregon State this weekend, which will be a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to go watch uh, the basketball game tonight. We play South Carolina. Right. So I came over earlier today and talked to Coach Martin, and I spent some years with him in South Carolina. And looking forward to that game. That's going to be a good game. So, you know, where our facility is, we're right in between the the hump and the and the baseball arena and. The, we're, we're, we're excited to be here and, and get to as many events as we can around here. Good stuff. Coach, thanks. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. All right. All right. Sounds good, Matt. Have a great day. All right. See you, you too. See you later. Have a great day. That's Steve Spurrier, Jr. He is the outside receivers coach on uh, Mike Leach's staff. We'll have him on again. One of these days, we'll talk to him a little bit about what uh, Mike Leach is like from meeting the practice field. Did you catch that nugget? You're looking at these tight ends, and right now, you know, I think what he says, Spivey is a guy who's kind of lining up inside, but Dante Jones is a guy who's lining up outside. And they're both 6'4, 6'5, and about 240 pounds. So they're going to use them. You catch the ball, they'll figure out a way to put you on the field. That wraps up hour one, hour two coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.